Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word Rightly Divided. We'll be picking up today going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We're here in chapter number 3. And we left off here in verse number 9, which says, For what thanks can we render to God again for you, for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes, before our God? And we left off last time looking at the issue of this giving of thanks and how the giving of thanks is being given towards God. And we started talking about what things it is that we as the members of the body of Christ should be thankful for. We talked about how you know all members of the body of Christ from a starting point should be thankful for the salvation that's been given to us. The fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and how a person puts their trust in that and that alone is what gives someone salvation today. That's our starting point of everything of who we are as the members of the body of Christ. And because that's our starting point, that is where our thankfulness actually really needs to be starting from. Then we started talking about how all members of the body of Christ should be thankful for the spiritual blessings in heavenly places which have been given to us. The things that... We see over in the book of Ephesians in chapter number 1, the things that we have no idea other than the fact that the scriptures identify that those are promises given to us because we can't see them, we can't feel them. There's nothing that's different about us other than the fact that the word of God has identified the fact that these are a present possession of who we are as the members of the body of Christ. Now we're going to pick up here looking at another aspect of something that we really should be thankful for, which is the future that has been promised to us. The fact that we have a guarantee that we're going to be in the heavenly places ruling and reigning with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see how this is a theme that we see all throughout the book of 1 Thessalonians. We're going to see a description of the event that is going to occur at some point in the future to where the members of the body of Christ will be caught up into the heavenly places. We'll go over to chapter number 4 here in 1 Thessalonians. And we're going to read starting in verse 13 down through verse 18, the end of the chapter. And it says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ 
shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, when you read through this passage, this is an event that you know, many people will call the rapture. They'll use a word that the scriptures don't actually use to define it. You'll see that the Bible actually will call this event either the catching out of the saints or it will refer to it as the day of Christ. A future promise of that there's coming a time when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back to the earth you know, and he's going to appear in the heavens. He's not actually going to touch down in the earth. He'll appear in the heavens and the members of the body of Christ will meet him in the air. The dead who are in Christ are going to rise first. Then those that are alive at that moment are going to be caught up to meet him. Now, when we get into chapter number four, we're going to look at this event in much more detail of what's being promised here. But we see how there's a promise that there's nothing that's going to prevent any member of the body of Christ from being part of this event. We all will meet him in the air. This is something that the Apostle Paul looked forward to even as he was sitting in a prison cell knowing that his death was about to come he was looking forward to this event we can turn over here to second timothy chapter number four i'm going to see how as paul is closing out the last epistle that he writes the last thing that he's writing here to timothy in second timothy chapter number four we read starting in verse number six and go down through verse 8. It says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto, unto all them also that love his appearing. Now as Paul's looking at knowing that the time of his departure, and he's talking about he knows that his death is about to occur. There's nothing that's going to prevent this from happening. He sees and identifies, because I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith, describing how he can look at his life and knows that he has done everything that the Lord Jesus Christ intended for him to do. This is a pattern that when we see Paul describing, says, follow me as I followed Christ, that Paul lays out that pattern for us and how we're to live this life, how we're to be able to finish this course by the fact that we can see, starting in the book of Romans and ending with the book of Philemon, the doctrine that we need, a course that's been laid out for us, and the fact that all we have to do 
is to be able to follow the things of this course in order to be able to say the exact same thing that the Apostle Paul is saying. And he identifies the fact that because he has fought this good fight, he's finished the course, he's kept the faith, he identifies the fact that there's a crown of righteousness that's laid up for him. And it's not only for him, but it's for all those that love his appearing. Every member of the body of Christ is going to love the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there's not going to be a single person that's going to say, you know, why did you have to come back? Or is going to be disappointed or any other feeling than the fact that there's going to be a joy that we're all going to have because we're finally going to realize all of those blessings that we have. We're going to receive our rewards. We're going to receive a body that we're going to talk about in a few minutes that's part of this promise that's been given to us. And when we look at this idea and talk about that, it's unto all them also that love his appearing. This is part of that guarantee that it's for all members of the body of Christ and that there's nothing that can be done that's going to take us away from that promise. And we can see how Paul describes this here. Let's go over to the book of Philippians. And we'll read a couple verses out of here where Paul's going to be talking about this event. We're going to Philippians chapter number 1. And we're going to read here verse number 6 first. It says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a good work that has been begun in us. That good work begins with our salvation and it continues on through the practical sanctification that occurs as we are taking the word of God in, as we're applying it to our life, as we're having those changes occur that are that should happen as we're studying the doctrine. That's this work that's been begun in us that continues on and how there's a guarantee that this work is going to occur until the day of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that's going to prevent this work from continuing. We see how Paul continues on with that thought process. If we jump down to verse number 10 here in Philippians chapter number 1 where it says, That ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So we see how Paul's describing this. Talk about how the members of the body of Christ are are be identified here as being sincere and without offense. Now, that word sincere, what that would refer to is 
you know, in the time when Paul was writing his epistles, there was the thing of when a piece of pottery would be made, one of the things that would be done is, as someone would be purchasing it, they would hold it up to the lights to be able to see if there was any cracks in it, because things would, if it actually cracked, what sometimes would happen is they would put a glue in there to try to seal the crack, but when it was exposed to the light, you could actually see how there would be a difference in the light as the sun was shining through that piece of glue. If there was no flaws in it and it was a perfect piece of pottery, it was labeled as being sincere. This is what Paul's, this idea of that there's no flaws in this because we have, and this idea of being sincere without offense, it has nothing to do with us. It has all to do with the fact that it's the Lord Jesus Christ in us. It's his righteousness that allows us to be able to be described as being sincere and without offense. So we're looked at as having that kind of perfect righteousness. There's without offense, there's no sin that's been put to our account because the issue of sin has been taken care of by the cross because the law was nailed to the cross with the Lord Jesus Christ. With the law being taken out of the way, there is no way to transgress that law to be able to commit the, that issue of sin to where there could be an offense that would separate us from God. This is that whole idea of why an individual has to be looked at as being sincere and without offense. So that way we are not separated from God. And how there is a promise that this is going to be true of us till the day of Christ. Until he comes back for the church, we are identified as being sincere and without offense. That is something that we can truly rejoice in knowing that we have this guarantee. And as part of this event that's going to occur, we have what's being identified. If we go over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, we see that Paul's going to describe an event that's going to coincide with the catching out of the saints here, coincide with the day of Christ, when he describes in verse number 10 of 2 Corinthians 5, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So, we have that guarantee of our salvation. We have that guarantee of a body that, you know, again, we're going to go to that passage, you know, coming up. And as we also have, you know, so those are the promises that we have. But we also have the thing of that there's going to be this event called the judgment seat of Christ where what we have done according to the doctrine that's been given to us found in Romans through Philemon, based on our following of the doctrine, is what's going to be judged. That's the judgment seat of Christ. An event that 
he describes in more detail in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Here, that's why he can just call it the judgment seat of Christ the second time he writes to this assembly of Corinth because he's already covered this information with them in first in his first epistle to them. And here in chapter number 3, we're going to start here at verse number 10, just giving the details of this judgment seat. Verse 10 says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now as he describes this event, he talks about how there's a foundation that's been laid, the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we talk about that foundation building upon it for us, the members of the body of Christ, this is Jesus Christ being preached according to the revelation of the mystery. And we have to make that distinction because there is a way of preaching the Lord Jesus Christ according to the prophetic program to where it's a foundation of Christ, but that's not the foundation that we should be building upon. If we're building upon that foundation, it's going to lead to nothing but problems for us because that's not our doctrine. That's not our foundation. And the only thing that we could be building on that would be wood, hay, and stubble. And those things of the wood, hay, and stubble, that's all the things that we would do that are contrary to the doctrine that's been given to us. So it's contrary to the faith that we should be following. And you know, those are the things that are going to burn away when the judgment seat of Christ happens. Now, the gold, silver, and precious stones, those are the things that are built when we are truly following the doctrine that we're supposed to be followed. When we're doing all of the right things according to the information given unto us, then we build the gold, silver, precious stones. When the fire comes down and burns away everything else, there will be some gold, silver, precious stones that remain. And that is what is going to allow for us to be able to receive the reward that's been promised to us, which is, the place of rulership that the members of the body of Christ are promised to have. That's what Paul is giving us the information that we should have an understanding of, that we should know that this is what we have to be looking for, forward to. Now he describes here in this same epistle, if we turn over to chapter number 15, we're going to see Paul describe 
the glorified body that we are going to receive. Now, this glorified body that we're going to be identifying here, this is a promise that is made for all members of the body of Christ. This is that when Paul calls it the crown of righteousness, he's making a reference to this glorified body that's been promised to us. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, we're going to pick up here in verse number 35, and we're going to read down you know, quite a bit of this to really lay out some of the details of what this body describes. Verse 35, But some men will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, in this long passage that we just read, we see a lot of details that have been given to us about what is true of this glorified body that all members of the body of Christ are going to receive. And we see how it's going to be a glorified, incorruptible body that's going to be able to exist in the heavenly places for all eternity. A body that's you're not going to be 
you know, have any pain. It's not going to get tired. It's going to be able to exist for, you know, we can't even put in an, any sort of concept of what eternity actually is because our concept of things is always tied up in the idea of time and that there is a an end to any sort of thing that's associated with time. What Paul's telling us about this body that we're going to receive is that it's going to be able to exist and there's for a period of time that's never going to end and that body's just going to be in the exact same condition as it was at the very beginning of us going into the heavenly places. It's going to be glorified. It's going to be able to function in that manner that God intends for us to be functioning in. These things about the future of what's been promised to us as the members of the body of Christ, this is something we truly should be thankful for. Now, we're going to continue next time looking at some things in 1 Thessalonians. Now, as we close here, I want to start out here with an announcement. You know, and this is something that, on top of you know, other things of what we're joyous for, you know, starting next Sunday, so that would be the 14th of June, we'll actually be able to start having our services back over at you know the Holiday Inn Express at 83 Anderson Row. We're actually going to be able to start assembling together again and have fellowship with the fellow members of the body of Christ. That's you know such an exciting thing for us to be able to say that we're actually going to be able to do that. Now, if you ever... You know, you can go onto our website, gracefamilybiblechurch.org, and you can you know see information regarding that. You can find you know audio files of our you know our Sunday services, information about how to watch them live on Facebook if you're not able to join us. You know, how to join our Wednesday night Bible study through a conference call option as well. There's a number of study articles, charts, you know, different things that help you in your study of God's Word. And as always, if you have any questions, comments about things in our broadcast, things that are, you know, you you see on our website, we'd love to hear from each and every one of you. You know, there's information on how to contact us on our website as well. So as we close here, it's like the you know, thing of keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.